Welcome to it. This is Know Your Power, the podcast series brought to you by VW Amarok. And over the course of this series, we want you to firstly discover the man that is Siabella Sonaka, but most importantly, help you tap into what real power is. Siabello knows that his power comes from the people around him, and he surrounds himself with excellence, brilliance, and humility. In this episode, we get into his relationship with Paddy Upton and talk about leadership and how important the mind is to uncovering your power. The first five episodes are live right now, so make sure you get them all by clicking the link in the bio of your favorite podcast app. Well, I think I think it's quite important to know that one can never do it by themselves. You know, I I relied heavily on myself, obviously, in the certain setup, but that's because things um, were very structured there and they allowed you to just focus on rugby. I mean, I stayed at SAS, which is a world-class facility where you get fed, you get, you know, um, you get sleeps, you, you literally get everything. And the only thing that you have to focus on is literally just rugby. So when I moved out of that, you know, I had these vacancies that were always like a guarantee in my life and kind of like, you know, I had nothing to pass off. So like I had to literally try to run all these things up, which ate of my focus of rugby, right? So that's the first thing I realized that I needed to maneuver differently and have people that are going to be my guidances, if I may call it that. And having someone like Paddy is so important because he's not just a sports sack. He actually hates being said I've been called that, you know, or uh, someone said that he's a sports star, he hates it. What I'd like to refer to him as is a sports director. And what I mean about that, obviously, like, he does a lot of work, a lot of personal work with myself, you know, and, you know, kind of, like, gears me with with all the army that I need to fight this battle. But what, what else he does is he talks to the people in and around me, the people that matter to me, the people that love because, you know, the people that you love are the people that can hurt you and the people that can uh, misdirect you unintentionally. So what he does is he talks to those people and makes sure that everyone is on the same page and all shooting in the same direction so that we're all aligned and obviously we're walking towards the bigger goal at hand. Man, that, that is – wow. Paddy, I, I'm not sure if you ever heard him uh, put it like that. I, I mean, now I've got to sign up. Because uh, you know, <laughs> I'm looking. <laughs> basically, you know, basically what Petty does. Basically, he takes my problems away from me. That's what he hey. does. <laughs> Paddy, where do I sign up? How much money do you need? I'm willing to eat beans and toast for the rest of my life to have somebody like that in my life. And, you know, Paddy, there's different levels. And I love what, um, uh, you know, what Seville is referring to there is the team around him. Sometimes we, we see... And it's not just a sportsman, but in this particular framework is a sportsman performing the tries, the superstars, he's getting the awards, he's on the podiums. And we forget that there must be an infrastructure if that's going to last. Because Siabello now is not a, it's not a fly-by-night guy. It's not uh, what we call Umafigi Zolo, and now he's trying to just get a quick buck and get out of it. He's shown he's a little bit more than that. And, and, and Paddy, I found this message that you, you, you sent us quite incredible. And, and I'd love you to speak to what he said and, and the team set up is that you said, the thing about Ciabello is he's an amazing all round package. He has a, he has great talent and works hard to convert that talent into amazing results. Not all talent gets converted into amazing results. So Paddy, take us through your background and then just into your relationship with Siabello. Did you approach him? Did he approach you? Uh, and, and it's all yours. 
Yeah, thanks very I get to start off. Thanks very much for having inviting me into this conversation. Um yeah, my background, I guess to it it's a long background, but maybe to shorten it if I can. I'm passionate about people and the people side of performance. Um getting the best out of what sits within the athlete, getting the best out of themselves, and that's what I'm passionate about. And there's a lot of ways to do that. You know, the, the culture within the, within the, that which the athletes operating is very, very important. Um, I have too many conversations helping athletes navigate difficulties that actually arises from within the culture, generally the way senior players or captains or coaches or leadership are creating an environment where there's too much unnecessary pressure or fear or lack of role clarity. So that's an unfortunate obstacle that happens for too many, even professional athletes. So one, that's the culture within the team. And the others, within their own players' mind, their mindset. You know, I'm just passionate about understanding different individuals. And really, I mean, I don't see a Bellos that I take his problems away. I, I certainly don't do that. I just maybe help him see his problems and his thoughts from different perspectives and come to a resolution himself. Because almost always you know, the solution does sit within us and it's just how we're looking at it that prevents us seeing the solution. And sometimes it's just opening the vision, seeing it from a different perspective. And then the answer, you know, it it appears, you know, it becomes self-evident. And I think it's important at this point to also say that I've got problems, Paddy, because as you were saying that, is that Siabello's problems often come in a package where, so oh, you've got some problems yeah. as well. Yeah. All right, we'll I'll go first. That. Welcome to welcome to the human race. Bro. <laughs> yeah, welcome, welcome. Oh, so it's welcome, not just me. Man. Oh, this is no, terrible. Not at all. <laughs> oh, okay, well, I might as well not tell you then. But I just want to tell you, Siabello's problems come in 120 kilogram Fijian every now and then and everything that comes with that. I, I don't think my problem is a 120 kilogram man coming at me. My, my problems are more subtler than that. And mm. that's where it's so important. Right? I don't care for no man. I have no fear of no man. Um, I literally, that's, that's the easy part. I, I reckon yes. the, harder, the hardest part or the hardest section is having to deal with subtle things. I'll give an example. I've, I've been playing 15s for about four years now. When Petey came into my life, there was misalignment between my coaches and myself in terms of how I wanted to play. You know, I had you know, a certain way of playing. I had, you know, uh, different strengths and obviously different weaknesses. And I was not allowed to play in a manner that benefits me. You know, I was otherwise, you know, instructed to play a different game, which is not my game. And stuff like that can hinder your, your confidence because now you're playing towards a place of lack and not a place of abundance. Um, so those subtle type of problems is the, is the type of problems that he solves for me, not the 120 kilogram fission that we physically see. It's more in your subconscious. Um, and that, that's the type of conversations we have with pain all the time, which I think are way more important than anything else. Uh, I, I just want to say at this stage, that must be an awesome thing to be able to say. I'm not afraid of a 120 kilogram guy. I'm going <laughs> to sidestep him. My problem, <laughs> I just like... I mean, we're getting into here, Paddy, but I, I just want to say to be that level of human being to say, ah, 120, get that out of here. I'm going to sidestep and probably drop kick it myself. That is an, an awesome thing. But, but Paddy, we're, we're touching on, on real life now and it doesn't matter how great you are. It doesn't matter what sidestep you got. It doesn't matter how far you hit the cricket ball. I think the man was starting to realize how important the man behind all of that is in order to make it not just, not just a fly by night, but 
in order to make it sustainable, that four, five, six-time repeat season, and as Ciabella says, as Ciabella says, is that that synergy with his coaches, which is which seems small. It's like this guy's got the talent; just put him in with a coach, and they'll be fine. Him and Dobson get on with it. We'll, we'll leave him. But but this is an incredible thing to hear from somebody this gifted. And from your side, where do you start with? A, a, I mean, this is precocious talent you're dealing with. Where do you start with going? All right, wherever your talent is, it needs to align not just to yourself and your goals. But to the team, where would you start with a guy like Ciavello when he was having that, uh, I think you called it a misalignment? Our most formidable opponent is actually in our own head. It's in our own thinking. It's in our perspectives that are maybe, you know, misinformed. It's in our inability to accept things that, that, that are outside of our control. Too often we find ourselves resisting and judging things outside of our control. And that just creates anxiety. There's people who have a problem with traffic or the fact that it's raining outside or you don't have water or you don't have electricity or COVID is in town. Those things are outside of our control. And the the key to having ease and flow and joy in almost any aspect of life is quite simple. It's one to take the right action where we have control over things and where we don't have control to have the right attitude to those things outside of our control, which means having an acceptance um, and a surrender and a non-judgment to that which is. And then straight away, we have a certain amount of ease and flow. We don't have un- unnecessary or excess struggles and anxiety and stresses. So we can actually then use our mental energy, which it, it's a finite resource, to be able to attend to the things that are useful or important. So very often it's actually just helping ourselves get get out of our own way um, yeah. is a huge step towards finding the solutions that, and if there's a solution, we can find it. If there isn't, then we accept that there isn't. We accept the moment and we, we move on because, again, that's part of life. Not every problem has a solution. So now, Mr. Sinatla, I have a question for you, right? Is I've been, I'm not unfortunately as talented in anything as you are, but it must, there must have been an interesting time in your life, you know, is like, because I, I don't know when in your life you'd say at what age you started being not just a guy, but there's a time when that your talent comes through and now you're that guy, whether it was back home in Valcom and then you came, obviously now you're in the big time and even there now you're the guy. At what stage did you start to say to yourself, how many years after getting serious would you say you realized my talent's not going to be enough? Did it take you a while or or was it quite easy for you up front? I'd I'd be really, really interested to hear how it went internally because talented people, you can be tricky. (laughs) Well, I I think I was very lucky in a sense to have never thought that I had talent. I only say to people, my talent is artificial. Um, And I say that in a very respectful way because I feel like I worked so hard at creating this person that you see today. We alluded to it earlier on. Murray was telling you, like, I work extremely, I work extremely hard. Like, I put my head in a block even say, I'm the hardest working rugby player around. That's how much I work. So that's why I can say stuff like my talent is artificial because I've worked, I've seen a lot of talented people that were not willing to work. And somehow it's just a person because I just put the work in. It's important for kids to see that, to see what you're doing and to see how hard you're working so that when it appears on TV, it's not just a, oh, my God, he's talented, he's good, but it's a, oh, my God, he worked for this, and that's quite important. You know, I've always, I say openly that to me, 
talent is, it's not an achievement. It's not an accomplishment. It's a gift from birth or from your parents or from one of your genes or whatever your beliefs are, but it's a gift from birth. The hard work that someone puts into taking that talent and realizing it into results, that's something that's special. And when you've got, of course, Ciabello's got amazing talent, but what he's done is he's given, he's worked so hard and or even I say not hard, but smartly is probably a better word that, well, certainly that I like to convert that talent into the best possible chance of results at the highest level. And those are two such simple and obvious things. You don't have to have that much talent. But if you put in the work, it sets you ahead of probably 95% of your competition. And I'm sure we'll get to it, but there's one or two other pieces that you can bolt onto Seb's talent plus hard work that, that sets him apart again from the, a number of his peers at this highest level. And so, so Patty, that's, you know, I'd better be, I'd better be very, very careful because you could take my job. That is what in my business we call a fantastic segue because you've just segued us. You've taken, oh, seamless. Now I understand why Sachin Tendulkar mentioned you in that speech. I get, I get it now. But a mentor of mine said something interesting. And, uh, and I heard Ciabello now and he said something off in me when he was saying what he was saying and, and what you said. She said to me once was that if I have to come and tell you to be great, you'll never be great. And what you're saying with Ciabello was he came to you from what I'm understanding. So I'd like to tap a little bit in how you guys work together. But do you agree with that notion that the great ones always come to you? Gary Kirsten, Sachin Tendulkar, Raul Dravid. What can you um, correlate between the Ciabello and the ones that we obviously uh, know, uh, know the names that I've, I've mentioned that, that, that go great? No excuses, just are great. So, I mean, that, that's a great question. It's, in, it's fascinating that you actually use some of those names because, so there's one, the talent. There's two, the hard work that does convert someone into a really special player. But there's another piece that is a hunger to learn even more, to be even better, to, to keep looking and searching. And if, if I just have a, a very quick snapshot over the 25 years I've worked in, in elite sport is, The first person, when I was actually the strength and conditioning coach with the South African cricket team back in the 1990s, I was, I was the only full-time fitness trainer in world cricket. That position didn't exist in 1994. And India came to play uh, against South Africa. And in day two of that tour, I got a phone call in my room and this youngster said, hi, my name's Rahul Dravid. Um, I believe you're the fitness trainer. I've never heard about fitness actually being a full-time thing in cricket. Can I buy you lunch and pick your brain? Um, I go forward a, a very young during the IPL, a very young cricketer who made his first IPL and we played against, um, uh, Sunrise's Hyderabad and they arrived in Jaipur. I was with the Rajasthan team and I got a phone call in my room and there was this guy who said, hi, my name's Kane Williamson. I would love to buy your lunch and pick your brain. I've got some questions for you. And then I'd jump ahead. Ciabello's one of those people that. He gets to the top of the game. He moves over to 15. He's, he's got everything it takes to be able to succeed. And then I get a phone call saying, hi, can we please meet with you? And literally, Ciabella and his agent Tilden said, literally, can we buy you lunch and want to pick your brains and we've, we've got some ideas. And straight away, it's like, okay, I recognize this brand of athlete who is right at the top and they're going, we are looking around to get even better. And that's, there's something special for me when there's that openness to learning and that hunger to be even better.
Do you think you can teach that, or is that is that fire just? There's uh, certain demons that have that. These guys, these girls. No, uh, I mean, I'd love to hear what Seb's going to say, but I don't know if you could teach it. I think it comes from within, and it also comes from, I think, some mentoring at a young age. You probably, if I would be interested to know if somebody helped Seb keep that those blinkers open and not be, it's about me and I'm so good and everyone look at me, but I'm looking outwards for more as opposed to expecting people to look at me and go, hey, I'm the... I'm the shit. I mean, that's a technical yeah. term in sport, by the way. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's Oxford. M- MKT is talking about earlier. It's the, like it's it's that urge for or to seek greatness all the time. You know, the, that urge to know that you never really arrived. Every piece of you know information or every piece of helping that you can get from anyone, you know, will be useful. We we like calling it the one percenters. I'm always looking for the one percenter, and that's what I do all the time. But I was not going to say that. I was going to tell you something quite funny about uh, my introduction to Purdy because he was not quite interested in, you know, doing the one-on-one thing. He was more into corporate and we kind of like forced him to to look at us like, yo, please just lunch, just lunch. And then after that lunch, you kind of convinced him to do this thing. So that's that's quite funny, but uh, very special in a way. I was going to ask that we, we talk about a very important concept, which I've learned from this man, and that's kind of like what opened me up as a person, as well, the way I do things, um, is the concept of vulnerability and how it's seen in the world right now and what it actually is. You know, a lot of us see vulnerability as some sort of weakness because obviously you appear weak, but we don't understand what it does for you to open up yourself like that. So I just want you to chat a little bit about that because we've had plenty of conversations you know, ongoing about this this concept and it's one that really fascinates me and keeps me like very intrigued because it's not really one faced, but I'm sure you can stretch it further. So, so yes, I would, I would love to talk a bit more about this, but maybe to put it back to you and talk about your journey around vulnerability and how it's played out in your game, in your life. Yeah, I was not, I was not a very open person at first, you know, I was, like I said, when I was at the savings, everything was there. So I was literally just focused on certain things and I kept myself at that, you know, the image just to be the best, no feels, don't show pain, no, no, nothing, no, nothing. We used to call it Nelson even. We had this Nelson call that you don't show anything, you don't show any pain, you don't show any type, you don't show anything. Um, and also that kind of like translated in my life because when I was suffering and stuff, when I felt sadness, when I was afraid, when I had fear, um, all of those things, we tend to we tend to block those emotions instead of confronting them and saying, okay, despite what I'm feeling, I'm kind of aware of this feeling, yes, and acknowledge it, but I'm going to act despite of. Um, and I think that's a very important conversation because people think that, you know, if if you fear, then it's a blockage. No, it's not a blockage. Yes, we do have those emotions all the time. Yeah. Um, we talked about not fearing anything, but sometimes I'm nervous before a game, and it's, it's like it's okay to be nervous. We're all human here. Um, but it's that frame of mind to go, okay, I'm nervous. Acknowledge it. I'm not trying to sweep it away or block it or whatever. Um, I accept it, uh, but I'm going to move into this game with this nervousness and still overcome it because that's what it really is, right? Wow. Yeah. I've never met an athlete or even a human, in, in, for that matter, who is 
according to that definition, like fully mentally tough, confident, secure, positive thinking, who doesn't have doubts, vulnerabilities, insecurities, and negative thoughts. It's perfectly normal to have that. But for some reason, more recently or for how long, it's been made not okay to have those doubts, vulnerabilities, insecurities, and negative thoughts as an athlete. So what athletes try and do is they try and hide the fact that they're experiencing those perfectly normal human emotions and thoughts. They hide it from their coach. They hide it from their teammates. Of course, you want to hide it from your um your competitors or your opposition. But what happens is it starts eating people up from inside. And then even worse than that, a lot of athletes think because I have these doubts or insecurities or fears, they think something's wrong with them. And then they start internally waging an internal battle with these thoughts and emotions that they think they shouldn't be having. And that's not normal and that are problematic. So really what the conversation that Siobhan and I have been having is it's perfectly normal to be human and humans have doubts, vulnerabilities, insecurities, and every athlete does, but the athletes that get through them are those who manage them best. And it's not about ignoring them. It's not sweeping them under the table. And it's also not eradicating them because the reality is that's not possible. It's as Ciabello said, number one, accepting and embracing them as perfectly normal, nothing wrong. Don't fight them. Don't judge them. Then it's about going, okay, but that's a voice in my head. I'm just going to turn the voice down on that particular doubt or vulnerability for now because it's just something and it doesn't, it's not necessarily true. And I'm going to work on focusing what I really need to be focusing on what's important in this moment, which is catching the ball, running with the ball, defending whatever play I need to be running. And that's front and center. But these doubts and vulnerabilities, it's almost, they're still going on there. They like to just quietly tick away in the background, but I'm not giving them um, center stage and I'm not going to resist them because as soon as we try and resist them or push them away, they just get stronger. And one last thing on that, I mean, I, the amount of athletes I still get today all the way up to professional level who say, when I'm approaching a big moment, I've got some this fear and pressure and anxiety and I wonder if you can help me get rid of it. And it's like, dude, who's taught you that this shouldn't be happening? It's a problem and something that needs to get rid of wrong, wrong. You need just to embrace it, be okay with it and navigate it a little bit better that it can sit in the back seat and the correct thoughts can sit in the front seat with you while you're driving. I focus deliberately on vulnerability because I've realized in my own life and obviously in my own profession that once I tap into that, instead of what we have learned it to be, to be this blockage and something that makes you feel weak, you get empowered because kind of like embracing them or like acknowledging that this is happening to you and kind of like freezing away. There's some sort of liberation and suddenly you don't have, you know, that, that sense of uselessness because you can't control this, but you move beyond that. It's like, okay, I've confronted this. It is there. So what, you know, and you felt empowered because you open yourself and you freed now because you have confronted this thing. It's, it's something so fascinating. I don't know how to put it in words like Patty does, but I've felt it in my in my world ever since I've confronted it. And uh, P- Patty, I find that amazing, right? Because as you guys were talking, I, I was just thinking of my own life in my personal life and how applicable it is and truly to our notion of knowing your power was I thought to myself, 
You, you know, when I used to play sports as a, as a little guy, was, I would say, the loneliest place in the world when I was younger, I thought was losing, right? And then I actually, you, you get a little bit better and you get in better teams and you start winning. And I thought to myself, the loneliest place in the world actually is winning and not being able to share it with your loved ones. Like you're saying, if you don't deal with those around you, I've always found that a pleasure shared is a pleasure doubled. And to what you're saying now is that that can become a self-fulfilling loop, right? Where winning and losing are both bitter and then that creates those doubts and they become monsters and even bigger monsters. And I, I find that absolutely incredible. And, and Paddy, I wanted to just ask you again and quickly revert back to the vulnerability thing. Once you um, started being vulnerable yourself as a practitioner, I mean, do you need to open yourself up to the athlete so that they can respond to you? What sort of techniques have you found worked? And then I, I want to ask you directly about Ciavello is, I, I mean, I've given you the quote, but what is the one thing about him where which you think may, uh, makes him stand, stand out uh, since you've started working with him? Yeah, sure. There's so much cool stuff running around in my head here. So I, I love what you say just to go back that, that, that a – what is it? A something shared is doubled. A pleasure shared, a pleasure is, a pleasure shared is a pleasure doubled. And what comes to me is a, a worry or a problem shared is a problem or worried halved. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Wow, that's powerful. That one, but you triggered that. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> Teamwork. See, we're sharing. So... So that the sharing, the vulnerability is vulnerability is a piece of it. For me, the sort of the overarching thing is being real and being real means when you're up, you're up and you're not egotistically or egoically up and over self um, congratulatory. And similarly, when you have a doubt or a vulnerability, as Seb says, and you can be real about that. That is so empowering because that we talk about bring all of yourself onto the rugby field or to journalism or bring all of yourself to what you do. And then that's your unique signature in this world is who you are. You, everyone's got the similar skills and similar personality types and you measurements. But the only thing that's uniquely us is all of who we are and vulnerability, particularly in amongst males and particularly male athletes, that's the one thing that we don't bring to the equation. So we only bring part of, of ourselves to this, the picture. And, you know, there's a, there's great stuff out there now, you know, Brene Brown does that Ted talk. That's one of the most watched Ted talks in the world about the power of vulnerability. And, you know, some of my, you know, clients who, um, for example, the very religious, the, the Christian ones, we, we help them find what does that saying mean when they say the truth shall set you free? What does that really mean if you are a Christian? And, and how does that play out in, in your profession? You know, stand in your truth, which means all of who you really are. And that will really open you, expand you. And that is what it is to be human. So, um, you know, and it was amazing how, quickly and beautifully and that talks the kind of person he is Ciobello embraced that concept and then literally embrace it because it's difficult sometimes it's, it takes more courage to be vulnerable in front of people than it is to stand in front of that 120 kilogram Samoan it's, it probably is more difficult at the highest level or it's more difficult to be vulnerable in, in the dressing room for a batsman than it is to face a bowler bowling at 150 kilometers an hour because they're so trained and conditioned for that so um, it, it really is a beautiful thing when we can show our humanness in this 
so-called superhuman world of sport, which Sibela will tell you, no one's a superhuman. They're just ordinary people who are lucky to be born with a great talent and smart enough to work really hard to convert that talent. Oh, fantastic. What you've opened me up to here, and I, as I was thinking about it, because I'm constantly thinking, oh my goodness, Siabello, the rugby player, the rugby player, the rugby player. But I'd like to know for you, Siabello, the man, because, the, the, and, and he says it himself constantly, is that only a small part of me is the rugby player. But what do you think is next for Siabello Sinatra, the man? So, so one thing to answer it slightly differently is that Ciabello does beautifully. He's able to separate out, as you said, who Ciabello the man is. And one of the things which he happens to do is be a rugby player. That's only going to last for 15 or maybe 20 years. He, he will be the man for the, for his entire life. So he works really hard on being the best rugby player he can be. But at the same time, it's working on being the best human being we can be because that's the benefit of that lasts a lifetime. He's got very other, he's got a great other orientation. He's aware of other people. He does great stuff in the world. He's not someone who turns a limelight and turns a limelight back on himself. He has a great person who also happens to be a great athlete. And for me, great athletes don't impress me. But when you have a great person who is humble, feet in the ground, hungry to learn, other-oriented, kind, caring, thoughtful, compassionate, all those beautiful things, and a great athlete. It's relatively unique in the world of elite sports. But when you get that combination, and Ciobello, to me, he lives that, and he's constantly living and thriving that. And he makes mistakes as well, and he owns up to them, and he's also human around that, like every single one of us. For me, that's what really is beautiful, not the fact that he's a great you know, entertainer on the rugby field. There's other guys like that as well. But there's there's two components here, and for me, that's true greatness. And he's on that journey, and dude, Ciabello, you keep your feet firmly on that journey. Take the odd step off every now and again, but keep coming back to it as you have been. And the world, the entire world beyond in rugby and beyond it is your oyster. i, I got to be honest. I might just sell this podcast on my own, actually, because the millions <laughs> I could make off some of the gold, because the, the, this is what it's about. Sabs, I'll, I'll let you have the last word here, because... It, it sounds to me like through this vulnerability, you, you, you really are getting to know your power. And, um, for those who don't know, um, Sinatla means strength. Sinatla is a strong human. Sinatla. It means that this is a super human and we're redefining that. So, um, Sabs, I'll let you, uh, take it away as we, as we wrap up what's been an, an awesome convo. Uh, as you get to know your power, uh, I'll let you wrap up. Uh, vulnerability, dealing with it, a- and sharing uh, your your journey with other people through that. Yeah, I think I think it's quite important to know that you know we or power power has different faces. You know, power is not always bold and masculine. You know, sometimes power can be a little bit undressed and feminine as well. And those two balances of love always come together. Um, we can't just live on the one side. We need to tap into the other. That's what true power is. And I find myself a very lucky man to live in that truth because as males, vulnerability is something that's shone upon. You know, you're not supposed to be vulnerable. Men don't cry. We've, we've had all of those sayings growing up. But that really takes away from our true power because we are eating off that balance that should be the softer part of us. 
so I'd encourage everyone to, you know, to explore that that side of them. Um, it's really not a weakness, it's empowerment. I see it as empowerment. And it is pretty tougher to do than the other side. So uh Bernabana's Paddy talked about calls the daring greatly. So if you if you want to dare greatly, I I urge you to to literally explore that part of your life as well.